is Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. It's a great honor to have you on the show tonight. Welcome, Deepak Chopra. Thank you. Yes, this is Uri. Hi, Uri. It's Nicole Whitney calling News for the Soul. Welcome to News for the Soul, Robert Allen. Thank you, Nicole. It's great to be here with you tonight. Why are you here? We're talking to Carolyn Mace about Sacred Contracts, one of her many best-selling books. Welcome to the show, Greg Braden. Well, good evening, Nicole. It's uh, certainly a pleasure to hear your voice and a pleasure to be here tonight. Welcome to the show, Stuart Wild. Thank you very much. John Kehoe, welcome to News for the Soul. Hey, how are you? Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, a bit of a kooky switchboard, but we're here, and good thing it's time for inspiration to creation. With Nina Amir, let's bring Nina on to reintroduce herself, her show, and what's up for today. Welcome back, Nina. Thanks, Nicole. Welcome to the Inspiration to Creation show. I am Nina Amir, the Inspiration to Creation coach, and with each show, it's my intention to elevate your consciousness by reminding you of who you are, spiritual being having a physical experience. As a transformational catalyst, it's my goal to inspire you to rethink your limiting beliefs, rise to your potential, tap into your inherent wisdom, and live a human life that feeds your soul. And I'm here to help you get out of your own way, change from the inside out, step into your power as a creator. Ready to get inspired to create something amazing? Before I dive into today's show, I want to remind you that there should be time for questions or coaching at the end of the episode. So if you have questions about or would like to be coached on today's topic, which is how to maintain peace during times of conflict, please do call in or write in. I'd love for you to call in so we can chat. I really don't bite, but email's good too. I'm happy to answer your questions or to coach you in whatever way feels comfortable for you. If you want to call in, dial 646-595-4274. That's 646-595-4274. Or email on the air at tellus.net. And that's T-E-L-U-S.net. That information is also on newsforthesoul.com. So just go to newsforthesoul.com and you'll find all of that there. All right, so let's start creating, shall we? I think we can all agree that there's a lot of conflict in the world right now. Wars, lawsuits, arguments, inability to agree on anything or to get on board together, riots, protests, finger pointing, and a lot of divisiveness and needing to be right and making someone else wrong. The state of the world and humanity can be upsetting. The news is hard to watch, is it not? I used to just not watch it, (laughs) but I want to know what's happening in the world. But I don't enjoy the thoughts and the emotions I have when I watch the news. And, And I find myself upset by how people speak and behave not just those on the other side of the world, but even those I encounter in my city and neighborhood. I've been told that I'm good at compartmentalizing. And that's kind of what I try to do. I spend a little time watching the news and then put that, 
whatever I think and feel about what was on the news that night in a box. How? I focus my attention somewhere else. And I know that when I do that, I'm not contributing to the upset, chaos, worry, stress, anger, vengeance, divisiveness, conflict, and negativity in the world. Why? Because I create internal peace. And that internal peace radiates outward. A wise person once told me that my worry, reactivity, anger, and upset don't help anyone. Quite the opposite. When these states arise due to someone else's circumstances, they only serve to add more distress and disharmony to the other person's situation or to circumstances as a whole. And that's true even if they're far away. At the time, I was worried about my son who was halfway across the country. But as soon as I heard those words, your worry just adds more distress to what he's already experiencing, I changed where I was placing my attention. And as a result, I stopped adding distressing energy to his. I believe in a small way I helped him more so than worrying about him. And now worrying about him helped me too. I've had more peace. Remember, your thoughts and feelings express an energy, and they combine with the energy of others near and far. You've likely heard of collective consciousness. Some say God, source, creator, whatever you call it, is collective consciousness. Collective consciousness can refer to a multitude of different individual forms of consciousness all coalescing into a greater whole. And the way I understand it, we're part of the greater collective consciousness. And that also comprises all that is our source. We also have a collective vibration. And you can raise it or lower it with your own energetic state. And so your energy adds to the greater collective vibration, which I believe is also part of this collective consciousness. So we have to be kind of careful about our energy and how we're vibrating because it can contribute to chaos and conflict or it can create peace. And we have to be careful about our thoughts, what we focus our attention on. So if you do both, you focus your attention, you know, you pay attention to where you're focusing your attention, and you pay attention to how you're vibrating, the kind of energy you're putting out into the world, you can intentionally add peace and positivity to the collective consciousness and the collective energetic field. Think about it this way. If you show up at home angry, what impact does that have on the rest of your family? Do they feel it? Does your inner conflict, which is what that is, cause your kids to act out or your partner to withdraw? Admit it, they feel it. You've changed the energy in your home, and the people in your home react to that energy. I know that when my husband, um, when my husband is upset, I feel it. Without him saying a word. And that changes my emotional and energetic state and how I relate to him. And my thoughts immediately go to, why is he angry? Is it because of me? Are we in conflict? Is there something I can do or need to do or that he wants me to do to create peace? Well, my thoughts tend to go to the negative, and my emotions and vibrations do the same. And that helps no one and nothing. 
It only answers the disharmony and conflict in my home if I let it. But I can choose to focus my thoughts on something else, something that makes me feel good. I can go to another room and spend some time meditating or visualizing something positive. Or I can give my husband a hug and then leave him to his inner conflict without it being my inner conflict. After all, it's his, not mine, unless it has something to do with me. But even then, I can feel, find, you know, find a way to feel peaceful about it or to create peace. Now, apply these examples to the world at large or circumstances in your community or in your country. I know some of you are listening from other places than the United States. When you do that, when you apply these examples to the world, the circumstances closer to home, you can understand why I'm currently being careful about where I focus my attention and how I'm vibrating. And I recommend that you do the same. Because if you don't want to contribute negatively to the whole, observe the world from a place of peace. You can have sympathy and compassion but approach or view situations with inner peace. And that means having little or no empathy because empathy puts you smack in the middle of what other people feel. You take on their emotions. It's hard to feel calm and peaceful when you have empathy, especially if it's empathy for somebody who's going through some sort of struggle. So let's look at these three words a little more closely. You know me, the word Smith, I like to, you know, I'm also an author. I always mention that here, but words, words are important to me, and plus words are creative. Anyway, in simple terms, empathy means you feel what a person is feeling. So you feel what someone else is feeling, right? So we talk about people being empathic. They feel what other people feel. Sympathy means you understand what the person is feeling or experiencing. Don't necessarily feel it. Compassion is the willingness to relieve the suffering of another. It's the desire to help in some way that might arise due to feeling sympathy and possibly empathy. So you can watch the news stories about war, death, killing, violence, etc., conflict, all types, and feel sympathy. You can understand on some level what the people are feeling or experiencing. Maybe you even relate, you know, relate to it if if you've experienced and felt something similar. And you can have compassion for them as well and want to find some way to help. And you can have empathy. You can put yourself in their shoes and feel what they're feeling. It's a choice. But empathy, in my humble opinion, adds more distress to your experience, to their experience too and to the experience of humanity as a whole. Here's an example that might make this a little bit clearer. I have a friend who recently visited the hospital emergency room department. And during the many hours she was there, she saw large numbers of people come in for different reasons. Their circumstances were each different, but she felt for all of them. She had empathy. And when she told me about it the next day, she was still feeling all sorts of negative emotions related to what she'd seen and how she had sympathized and empathized with the people there. She had taken on their pain as her own. It was hard for her to see, hard for her to experience. Now, we usually think of that as a positive quality. 
And I guess it is. But if you're, you know, and a lot of people, as I said, are empathic. You naturally feel all the feels of the people around you. And I know that she is empathic. I am too. Do you feel all those feels from all the people around you and in the world? And that's not necessarily good for you or for anyone else. And you might want to learn to shield yourself from other people's emotions and energy so you can stay in a more peaceful state. Shielding is pretty easy. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but you can look it up online or ask me at the end of the show how to do it. Um, but those who are empathic you know, need to learn how to shield themselves from other people's energy, other people's emotions. And they're also going to feel the shifts in the vibration of the earth and of humanity in general. So we need to learn to shield ourselves from that. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm advocating being unfeeling. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. But I am advocating for not adding more negative thoughts and emotions to the collective consciousness or energetic field. Here's the thing. You can have sympathy and compassion from a place of inner peace. I'm not certain you can feel empathy and inner peace at the same time. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's why I suggest that if you want to help or improve the world's condition and to reduce conflict and add peace, start by finding and maintaining inner peace. Try to observe what's happening in the world from a place of inner peace. Now, each week, I ask my soul or higher self for a message to share. I call these soul notes. I always mention them at the end of these episodes just briefly because you can get them in your email box each week. I share them on social and via email. Now, last week, the message I received related to this topic of peace. Here's what it said. You seek peace, yet you watch the news, look at events in the world, and react to people and circumstances with anger, upset, and fear. That does not create peace. Negative emotions or fearful, fearful thoughts create more disharmony in you and then in the world. It is possible to observe what is happening, have sympathy and compassion, and maintain peace within. Master this, and you create the peace you seek. We exist at a time in history unlike any other. From a spiritual perspective, everything is changing. Gaia, humanity, Earth, all of it is transforming and evolving. Some can attune with the new vibrations, and some can't, or are feeling challenged with all sorts of emotions, health issues, and more. The world seems to be in turmoil, and human consciousness continues moving towards a peak in its evolution. And this creates internal conflict. But out of chaos always comes order. Before things get better, they often get worse. Before a situation comes together, sometimes it has to fall apart. And before, before there's peace, sometimes there has to be conflict. And maybe you've experienced this. I know I have on multiple occasions. Even as I speak to you today, I feel that certain parts of my life are changing. And I've gone through a variety of physical issues. I look at friends and family, and I see the same. And I know that all of this causes internal conflict, internal lack of peace. 
I also know that I have a choice about how I put the pieces together. I'm in control of my life and my world. I can decide to be at peace with things falling apart or with conflict. The existence of a time, as I said, of enormous change. The change simply is a fact of life. You can fight this fact, more conflict, or you can accept it, more peace. Make a decision to be a change agent. Become an active participant in creating the necessary positive change in your life and in the world. Become an active participant in creating the peace you want in your life and in the world. Now, to do that, you don't have to become an activist, but you can. You do, however, have to change yourself and your consciousness. Change from the inside out. Peace from the inside out. You do have to also decide to do something differently. The first thing that you have to do differently is change your thoughts. When you change your thoughts, you can change your behavior. To do that, though, you have to become conscious or aware of both your thoughts and behavior. Now, most often we think and behave habitually. Our mind sits out 35 to 48 thoughts per minute. We have between 50,000 and 70,000 thoughts every single day. Most of them, the same thoughts over and over again. And those produce the same results day in and day out. They, they produce the same emotions. They produce the same behaviors or reactions. We tend to see what we think about and to create it. So if the thoughts are trained on worry, fear, negative news, division, conflict, and lack, it's no wonder you see and experience this everywhere. Why to see and to experience something different and more positive and peaceful, you have to become conscious of the thoughts you have and how they create your experience and your behaviors. Then you have the freedom to decide to think new thoughts have new experiences, develop new behaviors or responses rather than reactions, create new, more positive things in the world, change yourself and the world for the better. Negative thoughts and limiting beliefs keep you stuck. When you become conscious, though, of your current mindset, you can change it. And that's how you change your, your world and the world. I always talk about personal growth, personal development, and spiritual growth. Personal growth revolves around change. I prefer the spiritual growth. I'm passionate about personal growth. But you have to train yourself to become conscious of what happens in your mind and how you behave. There's no other way to know what to change or to make the necessary changes. So you have to begin to be aware of where you have inner conflict. Inner conflict can be something as, maybe, maybe it's not simple, I don't know, but as simple as you say you want something, but you have a bunch of thoughts and beliefs that prevent you from having it, that are in conflict with your desire, right? And so you have to make some inner changes so that what you desire and the reasons why you think you shouldn't have it aren't, you know, you align everything so that what you want is, is 
aligned with your beliefs or your beliefs are aligned with what you want, that you can have it, that you want to have it, that you can receive it, right? So you have to make some changes. You may not like your life or the situations you see around you. Realize that changing yourself can make a difference in both your immediate world and the world at large. You have to become more conscious. And only then do you know what to change, and then you can create change on the inside, and you're going to start seeing changes on the outside. Now, granted, the outer changes may initially only occur in your life, but consider this. What if all the people in the world went through the same process? What if we all changed our individual worlds so that they became more peaceful? Eventually, the whole world would change and be more peaceful, would it not? That's called being a change agent. You start small, little steps. Every person makes a difference. Now, I have to admit that this past week, I've struggled to feel like I'm making a difference. I reached out to family members who live in the Middle East. You know, I'm recording this during a new conflict in the Middle East. So I reached out to my family who lives there. <clears throat> a little candle for those who have died on both sides of the conflict. I've tried to remain positive and happy to use positive energy and consciousness to impact the world. It's hard to feel or see that my efforts make a difference. It is. Sometimes I don't see that it makes a difference. And I bet you can understand that. So because I was struggling a little bit, you know, hey, I'm doing these things, and I don't know, is it really making a difference? Is it really creating more peace? <clears throat> I went looking for some advice, something to help me feel better. And I came across the words of my favorite mystical teacher uh, from the Jewish tradition, Rebbe Nachman of Breslov. I've mentioned him before. One of my favorite Jewish mystical teachers. I call him my, my, um, my life coach. And he said, every person changes the way the world is. One person can alter the universe. I'm going to read that again. Every person changes the way the world is. One person can alter the universe. So if we daily do what we can, can, daily do what we can, what's possible for us to make a positive, meaningful difference? That means we have impact even when we don't see or feel that impact. And you never know when what you do might have a larger effect than you think, altering heaven and earth. Every action, thought, or feeling and vibration has an effect on something. And if I put energy or effort into my actions, they create a result. Thoughts and feelings have energy of their own. They're things. I can use them consciously to add strength to my actions, and then the effect I have on the world becomes greater. In each and every, every moment, we have the ability to make a choice about how we're going to impact the world around us. When you think about your day-to-day -day life in this way, your perspective is going to change. At least mine did. I find that it no longer matters that I don't see the exact results I expected or desired. I realize that as long as I continue to focus on trying to impact the world, or people in a positive and meaningful manner, I accomplish that goal. My being, my presence radiates that energy and impacts something 
or someone somewhere impacts the collective consciousness and the collective energy field. So maybe you've heard of the butterfly effect, but this reminds me of the butterfly effect. And if you haven't heard of it, I'll explain. Chaos theory explains that a small change in one place, such as a butterfly flapping its wings on the butterfly bush in my courtyard, <laughs> in, in what is called, what they call a deterministic nonlinear system, but this butterfly flapping its wings on the butterfly bush in my courtyard can result in large differences in a later state and place. Meaning it could create a huge wind somewhere on the other side of the world. So in the same way, what I do, what you do, what we think or feel, and what we do, let me rephrase that. So what, what I do, think or feel, sends a ripple effect around the planet. And the same is, is for you. What you do, think, and feel has a ripple effect. And we simply don't know what results are small or large conscious or unconscious efforts are going to have. So remember what you focus on expands. So don't put all your focus on world or conflict, for instance. Instead, put your focus on bringing peace to the world and the positive, thing, positive things in your life and the world. Find peace in your world. Go out and watch a, a, a bumblebee on a flower. That's peaceful, right? And visualize and pray for a world where people are unified and at peace. And be a role model of calm, positivity, joy, peace, and well-being amidst the chaos and sorrow and division and conflict and fear. Help others find their center and move out of anxiety and stress and conflict. I want you to take a moment right now, just take a deep breath, and take a moment just to brainstorm ways in which you can improve your situation, or the situation of others, or the world condition right now, simply by being more peaceful. Think about it. How could you do that? Just brainstorm. If you're sitting at your desk or at your computer, type or write down, you know, five ways that you could make a difference in your own life, the lives of others, or in the world, by being more peaceful. And if you can't think of anything that you can actually do, visualize what it feels like to feel peaceful. What is it, what is it like to emanate peace? So you can close your eyes if you want. Take another deep breath in, through the nose, out through the mouth, and just visualize what it's like to feel peaceful and to emanate peace. Just that one action is you doing something to create more peace. The other thing is you can simply meditate. So in 1975, um, the results of the first scientific research on the effects of transcendental meditation, or TM, on a population were announced. And the study found 
a statistically significant reduction in crime rates in 12 American cities where the threshold of 1% of each city's population practicing the TM technique was reached. So 1% of the population practiced TM and their crime rates dropped. There's no reason to believe that meditation won't help during times of conflict as well. I mean, what if a bunch of people in a place where there's conflict and war, we have several wars going on right now, a bunch of the people were to meditate, maybe it would create more peace. You don't have to know how to do TM to make a difference, though. Just meditate. Maybe get others to meditate with you with the intention of creating world peace. may feel to many of us that we can do very little at this point in time to help create peace in the world. That just by becoming conscious of your thoughts, you might be able to move yourself and the rest of the world just a little bit closer to this goal. If you move your thoughts from conflict to peace, you can find peace if you become conscious of where you place your attention. If you spend much of your time watching the news of war and terrorism and conflict and division, and if you focus most of your attention on the lack of peace and unity in the world, you're going to find yourself experiencing more conflict within and without. You're not helping the situation. But if you force yourself to focus on the times you experience unity or what makes you feel peaceful, you're going to find yourself increasing your own level of peace and impacting others as a, as a result. The more joyous and peaceful your thoughts are, and in turn you are, the more positive energy you send out into the world. Your way of thinking and being becomes a way to heal or fix the world. In Judaism, we call that tikkun olam, healing the world. I just love that word, tikkun olam, healing the world. So your way of thinking and being becomes a way to heal or fix the world. And if enough of us focus our attention on peace, maybe, like the myth of the hundredth monkey, we can cause others around the world to experience more peace. The hundredth monkey phenomenon, if you've never heard of it before, refers to the alleged sudden, spontaneous, and mysterious leap of consciousness achieved when a critical mass point is reached. Dr. Lyle Watson told this story about one monkey learning to wash its potato in water before eating it. And then that monkey taught the other monkeys to do the same thing. And when the metaphorical hundredth monkey began washing its potato in the water, the rest of the monkeys suddenly began doing so. And as if traveling in the collective monkey consciousness, this behavior jumped across the ocean and other monkeys in other places began washing their potatoes as well. Now, I said it's a myth. I don't know, but the Skeptic's Dictionary debunks Watson's story. But it does quote author Ken Keyes, who said, there's a point at which if only one more person tunes into a new awareness A field is strengthened so that this awareness is picked up by almost everyone. That sure sounds like the collective consciousness leveling up, does it not? Here's the bottom line. It just takes one person 
then another, and another. Too often we think we can't make a difference because we're just one person. It just takes one person, and then another, and another. We don't need everyone to change, uh, you know, to, to change in order to create peace on a larger scale. We just need enough people to change their consciousness, their internal state, their energy. Imagine the possibility. You could be the hundredth human to transform your consciousness and help humanity reach a critical mass, a metaphysical and spiritual quantum leap. World peace would become a reality. Let's look at this concept from a different perspective. I have a friend who introduced me to the concept of being an emotional contagion. Never heard the term before, but considered it a really powerful idea. So I did a little research, and as a result, I became interested in how one in how a person intentionally becomes an emotional contagion of a positive type. An emotional contagion is like a virus carrier, but the virus is an, is, has an emotional nature. Emotional contagions can spread joy, anger, peace, passion, fear, peace, or any other positive or negative emotion. Maybe you've been around someone whose joy was contagious. Perhaps you've spent time with someone whose unhappiness or fear infected you. My husband's anger infects me. Possibly you went to a rally or a concert or event where the emotions expressed by the person on stage ripples over the entire audience. If so, you know what it means to be an emotional contagion. Every one of us operates as an emotional contagion, whether we know it or not. We spread emotion to others, consciously and unconsciously. Whether or not you get infected by someone else's emotions is up to you. You can allow yourself to contract someone else's emotion, or you can consciously choose, carry, and spread emotions of your own. Now, <clears throat> in 1933, psychologist Elaine Hartfield, uh, John Cassipio, oh, I can't pronounce the last name, Theopo and Richard Rathbun wrote a paper on emotional contagion, and they defined the term as the tendency to automatically mimic and synchronize expressions, vocalizations, postures, and movements with those of another person, and consequently to converge emotionally. They said emotional contagion was a two-step process. We imitate people, that's the first step, and that means that if someone smiles at you, you smile back. And the second step is that your emotional experiences change based on nonverbal emotional signals. So, for instance, smiling makes you feel happier and frowning makes you feel unhappy. And it's true if someone near you smiles or frowns. So mimicry seems to be a foundational element of emotional movement between people. A bit, a bit like monkey see, monkey do, but with monkey feel added into the equation. So think about it. When you're with someone sad, how do you feel? I often feel sad. I mimic their emotional state. I mimic, mimic my, emotion, my husband's um, anger for sure. How about when you're around someone angry? Like I said, if my husband gets angry, I immediately respond with anger. I mimic his emotional state even though I don't like being around angry people and I don't like being angry. <laughs> Seen through the lens of emotional contagion, my husband's anger infects me like a virus. Now you could chalk this mimicry up to empathy, which we've been talking about earlier, which again is the ability to understand and share others' feelings, to share other people's feelings primarily. If you're an empathic person, you feel what others feel. However, emotional contagion is actually a tendency to catch others' emotions, which is different than empathy. It's like catching a cold. 
And suppose it could be the same if, you know, you're empathic and you don't realize that you're, you're actually opting in to catch other people's emotions. But we're talking about being conscious. In an article in the Corsini Encyclopedia of Psychology and Behavioral Science, the same researchers, Hatfield and Raffson, labeled emotional contagion as, a, as primitive empathy. They explained that neither mimicry nor emotional contagion provides a full experience of empathy. Why? Because empathy depends upon self-awareness and self-other distinction. So we have this awareness of how they're feeling. Right? So empathy gives you the ability to understand and share the feelings of another, whereas emotional contagion means you catch or you're infected with someone else's emotions. There's no awareness in that. When you listen to your best friend tell you about her struggle as a step-parent, and you, too, have had this experience, you empathize with her. Right? You feel what she feels. When you're around someone super happy and find yourself feeling happy, that's actually emotional contagion at work. You caught the happiness bug. When you understand the phenomena of emotional contagion, you can choose how to feel and what emotion you'd like to give to others. What type of contagion would you like to be? You can choose to be a negative contagion or a positive one, a conflicted one or a peaceful one. Consider how your choice affects you, how it will make you feel, and then consider others that you come into contact with. How is it going to make them feel? Obviously, if you choose to be an emotional contagion of peace, you would have to feel and express peace. So how would you do that? Would you demonstrate peace even in the face of chaos or conflict? Imagine yourself as an emotional contagion of peace. Who would you be? How would you feel? How would you show up? <clears throat> I recall Oprah Winfrey mentioning a sign she has in her makeup room, and it says, please take responsibility for the energy you bring into this space. I like an emotional contagion to the energy you bring into any space, into any situation or relationship. After all, emotions have energy. If, you're, if you're responsibi it's your responsibility then to choose the emotions you bring into a room. Pay attention to how you infect other people with your emotions. Notice the emotional effect you have on others. The world would be a better place if we all choose to be peaceful emotional contagions. Each of us would spread a peace virus to all of humanity. Don't be the kind of virus, though, that adds to the world's discord and conflict. Instead, be one that spreads peace. Create a peaceful, emotional pandemic, if you will, being that pandemics are still fresh in our minds. There's so many ways to change your inner state to one that's more peaceful. Meditation, visualization, walks in nature, petting your dog or cat, just to name a few. But it's important to also remember what I said earlier about change. More often than not, you have to do some personal growth work to move yourself out of inner conflict. That inner conflict tends to be a factor of your internal dialogue, your mental chatter, your beliefs and old trauma and experiences you've had. It can be caused by living in the past or in a future that you fear. All of these things are about where you're putting your attention and where your thoughts are focused. It's also about who you're choosing to be. And all of this can be shifted when you decide to create the internal shifts by becoming more aware 
of what needs to change within yourself so that you have less internal conflict and more peace. Do that internal work and you become someone who is peaceful. And as a result, you do things that create peace. Even if that action is simply to be peace in every situation, to have that be your identity, I am peace and to vibrate peace so that the people around you and the world at large feel more peaceful too. So we're at about 20 till the hour, and so I'm going to ask Nicole if we have any questions or anyone who's called in. We have about 10 minutes for questions and coaching. Nicole, we have anything? Uh, Sorry, I've got a little delay on the switchboard. Lots of emails, um, just comments primarily um, from, I don't watch the news, haven't watched the news in years, um, can't believe anything on the news, that kind of thing. Uh, We've got one uh, question from Michelle in Ontario, and she's asking how to turn around the internal fear feelings inside her body um, because changing the thinking and intellectually approaching isn't helping take away the fear. She's asking for advice on that. So that's our big question of the day. Okay, Michelle. Um, Anyone else who finds themselves stuck on fear? So what I want you to remember, and I've talked about this some um, here on the show, is that fear is created by your focus on a future you don't want. So first and foremost, know that that you are putting energy towards a future you don't want. And in, if you talk about law of attraction or I like to say, you know, conscious creation, um, you are consciously creating what you don't want by fearing it and by focusing on it all the time. I can't remember his full name, something, Levy. Anyway, there's somebody, I might have mentioned it in a show, that talks about um, fear being a, um, uh, how does he say it? Fear is a misuse of will or something like that. So what's happening is that you are not, you say intellectualizing it isn't helping. I don't want you to stay in your head. What I want you to do is to use your will to consciously move your attention to what you do want, not what you fear. And and so that is a mental process. So yes, it's somewhat intellectual, but I don't want you to just be thinking about it and overthinking it. That to me is the intellectual process, but changing your focus is is very simple. Really, you just stop thinking about, you can only think about one thing at a time. Like if I tell you to think about a monkey in a pink polka dotted bathing suit, that's probably all you're going to think about. You can't think about something else at the same time because your your brain only focuses on one thing at a time. So you're focused on a fearful future or a future you don't want. Just shift your attention somewhere else. It's it's not intellectual. It's just focus. So think of it that way. It's just where are you placing your attention? What you want to do is place your attention on what you do want, not on what you don't want. Okay. The other thing is that when we're focused, when we feel afraid, 
we are more than likely, um, unless you're in an abusive situation or you fear for your life, like somebody you know has a gun and you're afraid they're going to come after you, or you're driving in traffic and a car is coming straight at you, right? That's actual fear. That's when we fear for our physical safety, okay? Most other types of so-called fear are just us thinking about the potential of something bad happening, but it's not something that's going to harm us physically, okay? And so we need to remember that. So in a lot of personal growth circles, we'll tell people just, you know, feel the, well, some will say, feel the fear and do it anyway. I just say, you know, you have to take bold action. That's courage. We don't wait for courage. Take the bold action. Just do the thing. Do the thing already. Stop worrying about it and fearing it. You're adding more energy. Like I said, you're, you're adding more distress to yourself and the situation in general. So just do the thing. And then we always come back and ask, and did you die? Because there's a difference between fearing something that will cause you physical harm and fearing that you're going to lose your job or something like that. And yes, could that mean that you can't pay your rent and you end up homeless? Yeah, possibly. But you don't know that. And you're resourceful and you can find something else to bring in the money or whatever, right? So know that what your that your so-called fear is is just a thought-based process and focus on something else. Focus on what you want. Just keep doing it over and over and over again. Oh, I see my thoughts are there. I'm going to put them here. Um, I, I work with Jim Fortin a lot. Um, he, he's been my coach for a couple years or I've been in his program. And he talks about um, realizing that your thoughts are an illusion. I mean, you can think about the Course in Miracles. It says the same thing. Our thoughts aren't real. They're just an illusion. And so if they're not real, then what is real? What is real is that you're the thinker of those thoughts. So you're thinking the thoughts, and you get to choose. Are you going to be someone? So now we're talking identity. Are you going to be someone who focuses on something fearful? Or are you going to be someone who, says, who has awareness and says, I'm thinking this thought over and over again that's fearful, I get to choose. Since I'm the thinker of my thoughts, I get to choose where I, where I place my attention, what I think about, and think about something else. Think about something else. Think about something else in every moment. Oh, there I am thinking those fearful thoughts again. Oh, I'm going to go pet my dog and feel grateful for my dog. Oh, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to pick a rose from the rose garden. I'm going to put on happy music and dance. I'm going to read a novel um, that's about some happy topic. So many things you can do that shift your attention. So I hope that's helpful. I could keep going on and on, but I'm going to check in with Nicole and see if anything else has come in. Oh, great answer. And uh, that was our big question of the day. we got about... Um... Seven minute fish to the top. Yep, got it. All right. Well, so yeah. So before I go into my um, shameless self promotion, since I do have two more minutes, I'll just I'll just say that um, that fear doesn't lend itself to peace. So choose. You know, I've talked so much about identity here maybe not in this episode so much, but in the past, and you can choose to either be a person who, who is fearful or you can be a person who is courageous. 
You can be a person who is fearful and have more conflict in your life because fear just creates conflict. You can be a person who's fearful or you can be a person who's at peace and knows that the universe has your back, that knows that everything's happening the way it's supposed to happen, that knows that even if what you fear will cause you physical damage or, or end your life or could, that you're a spiritual being having this physical experience. And when you leave the physical body, you don't die. You transition into, into whatever you want to call it, spiritual energy. And, you know, your, your soul moves on. Your spirit moves on. You, you get to experience something new if you want. So there is nothing to fear. And I guess that's, that's what I'd leave you with, that the fear is, is not helping you be peaceful in the least, and so keep choosing peace. I told that to a friend of mine, and I'll end with this, and then I'll, I'll talk about what I have to offer you. Um, I have a friend who, who's always got drama in her life, and she's always talking about it and worried about what could happen. And, you know, she had some lawsuits. You know, I, I could have a lawsuit. I could lose the lawsuit. You know, what if, what if, oh, my God, what if? And what I said to her was, choose peace. Choose peace. And so that's what I'm going to leave you all with. When you don't feel peaceful, when you feel afraid, when you feel conflict, when you, you know, conflicted, when you feel, you look at the world and you see divisiveness and conflict and anything but peace, just choose peace. Choose peace. In every moment, moment choose peace. All right. So I am sure... By now, you realize your personal and spiritual growth are imperative to your ability to find more peace and to create more peace. You are the only thing standing in the way of being the peaceful person you know you can be and want to be and are at your essence. Know that, that at your essence, you are peace. Your soul doesn't experience conflict. It only experiences peace. And it's hard to feel spiritually connected if you have internal conflict. But when you feel peaceful, you feel that connection to source and can hear the spiritual guidance always available to you. As you work on your personal growth, you grow spiritually and vice versa. You become the person you want to be, you know you can be, and you get out of your own way. So you create what you desire. So there's nothing in the way of manifesting that. And with that comes peace. I created the Inspired Creator Community to offer what I wanted in a group coaching program both personal and spiritual growth coaching. I knew I needed both to fulfill my potential and live in soul alignment. And I bet you know that too. If you didn't know it, I'm a certified high performance coach and an intuitive transformational catalyst. The coaching I provide is all about helping you step into being the person you know you can be, know you want to be, so you can fulfill your potential and purpose and access your powerful creative ability. It's about being a creator, the person who can express as a spiritual being have a, having a physical experience. Transformation requires a holistic strategy that addresses all of who you are. That's when quick and lasting change occurs, which is why I provide both in the Inspired Creator Community. A few details, the Inspired Creator Community offers live coaching three times per month with me, not some other coach, as well as recorded spiritual trainings to help you step into your power as an inspired creator and create a life that truly feeds your soul. If you want to find out more, just go to ninaamir.com forward slash join ICC. 
ICC stands for Inspired Creator Community. So ninaamir.com forward slash join ICC. You can join anytime. Everything's been recorded and archived. There is no right or best time to join except when you feel that intuitive nudge, when your soul whispers in your ear that it is time to change, time to transform, time to be who you are meant to be, to fulfill your potential and purpose, to create what you truly desire and what is for your highest good. That is the right time. And you probably realize your soul is pushing you in that direction right now. Or maybe you feel stuck and you are so sick of being stuck. I was there once and that's when I joined a coaching program. Yeah, I'm a coach. The coaches need, co- need coaching. So when I felt stuck and I was so sick of being stuck, I joined a coaching program. And it made all the difference. Saved my marriage, helped me get back on track with my writing. So if you feel stuck and want to get unstuck, it's time to join the Inspired Creator community. So if you agree and you feel that push towards achieving your potential and fulfilling your purpose, being your best self, so you can do the things and live a life that feeds your soul, become an Inspired Creator and join me in the Inspired Creator community. Again, it's ninaamir.com forward slash join ICC. If you agree and feel that push, go ahead and join. If a membership program or a group coaching program isn't for you, though, consider working with me privately. And if you're not sure what that would look like, just join me for a free 15-minute strategy session. Just go to ninaamir.com forward slash 15 free, the number 1515 free. ninaamir.com forward slash 15 free. We'll get on a call and we'll discuss what type of coaching best fits your needs or if coaching fits your needs. All right, so follow me on social. I'd love that. You can find me by searching Nina Amir or Inspiration to Creation Coach. It's a great way for us to stay connected. You can always DM me with questions. You can also get on my email list and receive that soul note I mentioned um, in your email box every single Sunday by going to ninaamir.com forward slash soul dash notes forward slash. That's another great way to stay connected. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that the show, this episode helped you find more internal peace or give you some ways to do that. And until I talk to you next time, go out there and achieve more inspired results. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show.